Hey everybody, this is Julio. And Leslie. And this is Hold Up. How much? La 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 la. Canta con mi coro, oye como va. La 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 la. Deja la tristeza, échala para allá. You like jam? Oh my god, you're so weird. Jam and jellies. We're already recording stuff. Jam and jellies. I'm gonna make a book called Jam and Jellies. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on, everyone? He's it so is, weird. It is Julio, and I'm joined here as always by my jam and jelly. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Munoz, how are you? I am good. Are you jamming and jellying? I'm tired. You know, every time I hear jelly, I always think of that the Dr. Scholl's. Does that make me sound old? I think of Dr. Scholl's commercial. <laughs> the fact that you remember Dr. Scholl's hey, commercial how can makes you, not, you Are you gelling? I'm gelling. Who's gelling? But I do have to admit I have some, a couple Dr. So Scholl's. Yeah, They're super comfortable. Tremenda vieja. I'm a teacher. What are the name of those shoes? Um, oh my God. What are the name of those shoes? Like The ones that are like really like support? Sass. Is it set? No. The people would know it. Remember those... Oh, not Doc Martens. It was like those prosthetic, like not prosthetic shoes. Wow. I know, right? It was those uh, prescribed shoes. I don't know. If you're out there and you remember what prescribed shoes are. What are you talking about? So in the OR, we would have to wear these really weird shoes. When oh, those wear, clogs? They look like clogs. Yeah. Uh, those are comfortable though. I remember what they're called. But, so yeah, when I was in the military, I actually was an, uh, an OR tech. And we had to wear these they said, oh, you buy these great shoes when you're in the OR for 12, 13 Those hours. Those are the clog ones. I know, but I remember what they're called. Clogs. They're not called clogs. Yes, they are. <laughs> what are you going? <laughs> Clogging they around? They are called clogs. Because they have them for people who work in the kitchen. I like don't chefs. believe you. <laughs> okay. So welcome back to this episode 13. Yes. Well, Lucky number Dan Marino's number. I love, yes. I love Dan Marino. Shout out Dan Marino. You're the greatest human being ever. Anyways, but yeah, 13. Yes. We should have released this on a Friday the 13th. Dun, dun, dun. So I want to start off by talking about, well, uh, happy Mother's Day, by the way. Thank you. You know, by it'll be Monday when this is released, but, it'll, you know, it's Mother's Day now. And, you know, our, you're a mother. Mm-hmm. You smell like a mother. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. But I just want to say you're a mother. How, how, this is technically your... Second. second Mother's Day. How, how's it been? Your first Mother's Day was a lot more peaceful. Second Mother's Day is a lot more hectic. Crazy. Well, I, th- I was equally tired for both. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this time you like, like th- ah, running everywhere. Yeah. Well, not really crawling everywhere still, but. But when you put him on that walk, I think it's like. Ah. Yeah, it's true. It was a different Mother's Day last year. We, I think we went to the mall and you bought me jewelry. Did we? Yeah. Take notes, fellas. And, um, but no, we, I mean, we did go to the mall today, though, but we drove, again, but we we did drove not get off. through the mall because our mall has like an outdoor area and you can drive through it. But we just wanted to see how many peoples were there and we're there was lots of peeps without masks, which was a little creepy. And I don't know, maybe I'm being overcautious, but after JJ getting super, super sick, um, I think we're. Overly, 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 overly cautious. So we're approaching the opening, uh, places opening up with uh, optimistic caution. 
mm-hmm. is what I like to call it. So we're when we go out, we just we do drive arounds. Uh, we try to most of our stuff is walking around the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, I haven't done any restaurants. I don't see us doing any restaurants anytime soon. I know that's, but we are doing Uber Eats to try to keep up with, uh, try to keep supporting the. Uh, but it, gosh, it's expensive. I mean, whew. and then the delivery fee is so like today we tried to order for Mother's Day. I really looked at it. I looked at it because I wasn't cooking. Um, yeah, I didn't do it. Um, ended up cooking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but like easy stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're stuff. out here like I did not being. I was Jeff Bing today. <laughs> oh my god. Jeff Bing. If you don't know who Jeff Bing is, Google it. He is the greatest chef in the entire world. How do you spell? Bing. <laughs> Sounds like it sounds. Is it a double P? Sure. Or in, in in Spanish, Bing. But we is, have people. You don't do double P. We have people. You do double L's with like llave or llama. <laughs> Oh, and we, we want to do a quick little shout out to all the people that we've, new listeners. New we have listeners. some new listeners in Ireland. Dublin. Shout out to Dublin. What's up there, Dublin? And some of our folks in, uh, was it, where's that part of England that it was, was Manchester? What was that part of, there was a couple places in England that have kind of tacked on, hey, shout out to you. There's some new, so we, we're getting a bunch of new listeners around the world. That's super exciting. Dublin. Two of, two of our, well, I would love, love, love to visit both of them. So, hopefully one day. I know, right? Once they start letting more travel happen, more leisure travel happen, that would definitely have to go to Dublin. That sounds like a fun old time. What was that movie that you saw? Maybe, but now I'm going to piss everybody off from Dublin. What, what was that movie about the um, about the guy who was a rock star? P.S. I Love You. you sure. Gerard Butler. Was that, was that in Dublin? That was in Ireland, yes. Oh, very nice. Ireland. Very nice. Yes. I don't know why that movie came to mind. Because, I mean, it's what one of, I mean, I know there's other movies filmed in Ireland, but that one, like, really, really shows the countryside. Yes. Like that other movie. What was the one, that Italian movie, the one that you're always talking about that um, you drive me nuts every time with it? The one with, um, that, uh, she, I guess she breaks up or she gets divorced or whatever it is. And, oh, Under the Tuscan oh, Sun. Oh, God. Under the Tuscan Sun. So if pretty. you want to, like,. Just like get destroyed by watching a movie and be like, let this end as soon as possible, please. Watch Under the Tuscan Sun. It's so good. <laughs> hey, that's my mom's favorite movie. Under the Tuscan Sun. Under the Boredom Sun. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I joke. I kid. I love. Dublin. Anyway. So I want to start off by talking about memorable things. And the reason I'm thinking about memorable things is we're watching this Jordan documentary. And I was, oh, I I've, I'm never was, like, I, I always hated the Bulls because they always would beat up on the Heat. Mm-hmm. And the Heat were never great and back in those days. they always good. Yeah, of course. I mean, six championships. I mean, come on now. And they had Jordan, of course. So it reminds me of the memorable moments because they were showing, like, all these playoff moments and them destroying the Heat and I crying as a little boy. I'm like, why is happening to me, Lord? So this is about memorable moments. What are some memorable moments? Like, is there, like, a moment in time where you're like, oh, my God, that was such a fun time. Oh my God! I cannot stop thinking about how awesome that pie was. Or oh my God, look at that tree! I want to give it a hug. Anything like that for you? Mm. Dead silence. <laughs> I'm thinking. Well, thinking of memories, I JJ was crying, so I went in to um, carry him and rock him in the rocking chair, and I was telling him. Um, it just every time I rock him in the rocking chair, I always think of this memorable moment that I had with my mom. And for those of you that don't know, that my mom is, you know, 
has passed, but I was, you know, talking to JJ and trying to keep her memory alive. And I was thinking about this funny story that my mom had told me um, when I was a baby. My dad, um, he loved to pick up furniture off the side of the road and try to fix it. (laughs) And this one time he saw a rocking chair, perfectly good rocking chair, and thought, you know, this would be great for, you know, the baby um, to rock her in. So he took it home to my mom. And um, (laughs) (laughs) and so I don't know if it was like the first time she used it or a couple times after she used it. (laughs) But one night while putting me to bed, she was rocking in the rocking chair. and, And like I could just picture her going back and forth, you know, like holding me. Well, all of a sudden the rocking chair gave way and lord knows i was a preemie so it definitely wasn't my weight because i weighed maybe like by the time they brought me home from the hospital i was i think maybe five pounds soaking wet so soaking wet yeah so um the, the rocking chair gives way and my mom falls with me and they're crying and she's crying and i'm crying and and she's screaming and then my dad comes running in what happened this stupid it just makes me i don't even really know the conversation but i could just picture her yelling at him like this stupid rocking chair you picked up off the side of the road you know like and of course my parents both speak spanish i mean that's that's like the first language but like they speak english they spoke english but like i could just see them bannering back and forth in spanish which was hilarious and so every time i rock jj in the rocking chair it reminds me of that story, so that's a memory that I I I don't remember, but it's been told to me. So every time, does that explain why you have like a dent on the back of your head? <laughs> Just kidding. well, at least I, I have an explanation. What's the one for yours? I was not loved as a child. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was very much loved. I love you, mom. I want to hug you. Oh my god. I have I actually have like two that are very similar. Well, one has to do with Disney World because um. It's a memorable one because it was hilarious. It was my brother. My brother, when he was very younger, shout out to my brother. What's up, yo? His name is Javier. Shout out. What's going on, bro? So my brother was a very, he's what I call a wandering soul. And when I mean a wandering soul is that he sees a butterfly. Oh, look, a butterfly. And he runs off to go chase the butterfly. So any little thing distracts him. So these two things happen at Disney World. The first one was, if if you've ever gone to Disney World, uh, you know that the monorails have changed Several times uh, in, over the years I've been there. And we've been going since we were little, little, little kids. So my brother's a little like, doo, 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 doo. and he was little, of course. But he was like, I'm going to go see Timmy, and I'm going to go see Gooby, and I'm going to And I'm just like, well, you're waiting to get off because I wanted popcorn. And then, <laughs> of course you would want food. <laughs> I just wanted to get the popcorn, right? And I, want, and I, want, I was trying to convince my dad to buy me a churro. I mean, listen, man, <laughs> you know me, I know me. Let's go get a churro, man. We'll share a churro. You just, let me get a lick of a churro. Just get a churro. So we're there talking. And back in the old days with these old monorails. So right, they're like in Mark 4 now, Mark 5. But back then it was like the Mark 2 or 3. So the thing with these old ones were whenever you're getting on and off, especially if you were younger, there was a big old gap between the door mm-hmm. and the platform. All right. So my brother, maybe, maybe 80 pounds at at that time, yeah, no, he's got to be way skinnier than that. Because he was uh, three and I was five. The story always makes me cringe. So we're walking, right? So we're, we're, we're in the monorail and we're get, we're about to get off the monorail. I get off first. My dad gets off after that. And then my mom's, getting, my mom's holding my brother's hand. 
and he, where he, they're walking off, and all of a sudden you hear somebody going, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And I turn around and you see my brother dangling <laughs> into that gap, and I don't know. My mom froze. She was holding him, but she froze. My dad turns around, and as my dad's turning around to go run back, some guy, thank God, he had like quick reflexes, grabs my brother and pulls him up so he can like not slip down. Oh my god! I was like, "What did you do?" <laughs> my brother's like, "What?" And then all of a sudden, so it's like, it's like, it was the funniest thing is my mom like froze. Like she was like, huh? Huh? <laughs> he's like, why are you making this? Sound? I don't know, but he was like dangling and it was the funniest thing. I mean, granted, yes, it, 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 uh, not the funniest things at the time, but it was the funniest thing in the world when it was happening. But the second was a very close second to that. Um, my brother, again, wandering soul, he sees a butterfly, he runs after it. So we're at Disney and we're waiting uh, in line to get a churro. So, we're waiting in line to get some food. I don't remember if it was a churro or not. This is the same trip. Same. Uh, I think this, maybe a year later or a year. I don't know. He was little. All right. I think he, I think this might have been the same trip. So, we're waiting in line. And my mother, all the time, she would keep leashes on us like dogs. You know what I'm saying? So, we're like... We're, and, then it's like the, and his mom, y'all, would wear heels to the park. It's a Miami thing, crazy. Man. It's a Miami thing. Shout out Miami. All right. Only in Miami. So, what ends up happening is... She, you know, she would put leashes on us, but not the fun leashes. I'm not like you, not like you young whippersnappers have nowadays where you wear them as a backpack. No, no. This is like on my wrist, and I'm like dragging. <laughs> she was like pulling me from the wrist. I'm like, Mom, let me away. She's like, no, they're going to rape you and kill you. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's a story for another day. But anyways, so um, she would grow up always watching the Adam Walsh thing and the, all that stuff with Adam Walsh. Oh, man. So she was like, everything was like, they're going to rape and kill you. I'm like, oh my God. So that, that, that was our childhood. Okay, get up with the story. I, I know, but I can't stop thinking about the raping and the killing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so all of a sudden, they all, my brother, she lets go of the leash for two seconds. Literally. Like, lets it go because she has to go reach for her wallet. Because she's going to go buy some, I, some kind of, I don't remember what the food is. I think it was true. So all of a sudden, as soon as she lets go, I'm just standing there and I'm waiting with my dad. And we're just looking, right? Because I'm looking at the <laughs> gondola things. And like, literally, my mom turns around and goes, Where's your brother? I'm like, what do you mean? He's right. Oh, he's gone. Oh, my God. If you've never seen a Cuban woman flip out, it's like a hurricane. Okay? It's slow brewing. But when it hits, ooh, daddy, it's going to hit good. All of a sudden, my dad, so this is, I'll never forget it. It was at, um, M, it was MGM Studios at the time. And it was where the, uh, the, Bur- the sci-fi diner is at. Mm-hmm. The sci-fi diner. So, we were already like you know when you hit the sci-fi diner you used to go through the um streets of america where it showed like oh it's new york or san francisco stuff like that so we were near the san francisco area and they had food over there so my dad like books it my mom he goes to my mom you stay here you come with me so he grabs me by the leash i'm like oh my god he's like dragging (laughs) you by the leash and then all of a sudden we find him no lie three steps down like at another food stop going, I can't find my <laughs> I don't know where they are. And when that goes, Venga, venga, acá. <laughs> he goes, your mother's going to talk to you. And oh my God. My mother goes, Ah, te va a perder coño. Te va a perder coño. <laughs> Beating his ass there in the middle of Disney World. That was a memorable time. <laughs> memorable stories at Disney World. Y'all have like oh, <laughs> okay. So, but there's one more that's I think like takes the cake, the one where you lost your grandma. 
Oh, they my. lose a lot of people. They we we're we're, we're like the Lost Boys. His family is. <laughs> whew, yeah. No, there's so always a story. This was a no, but this was a very memorable moment. So it was New Year's Eve. We're all at Disney World, and it's pouring rain. I'm talking about like torrential downpours of rain. A good thing with Disney World. Oh man, no, it was like, but this was. I mean, this place was jam packed. Over a million people at this place, and it was just pouring rain. It wasn't even midnight. It was like eight, nine o'clock at night. My dad's like, "Forget this. We're not gonna stay here for this fireworks. It is raining. I am not standing in the rain. I want to get out of here." On top of all that, my aunt got food poisoning. <laughs> my my mom was like not feeling great at all. And then all of a sudden, as we're getting ready to leave, my grandmother disappears. This is my mom's mom. Disappears out of nowhere. We're like, "Where the heck is she?" So we're running around, we're running back and forth, and running. Look, abuela, ah! imagine this is Florida, so everybody speaks Spanish. Abuela, qué? No es you, another abuela. Ay, perdón. Abuela, sí. It's like so we're running around, running and running. I think we were running for like a good 20, 30 minutes. I think I was uh, 17 at the time. My brother was 50 at the time, and we were just my dad, me, my brother. And my mom, my mom was carrying my like my aunt, who's like <laughs> she, food poison Mary over there. She's like, I can't live. Let me be. She's like, leave me. I'll make it. So all of a sudden, my, so my mom's dragging my aunt. I am like running back and forth with my brother, and my dad's like like trying to like. And, and this imagine, this is the time before cell phones. There are no cell phones. We're running around it. I mean, well, there are cell phones, but not everybody has a cell phone. Especially my family, we don't have money for everybody to have a cell phone. So, all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm getting tired of running back and forth, and I'm standing under this little roofed area where it's on the when you're coming in to checking your your tickets, and I look to my left, and there is my grandmother standing there going, muchacho, in Spanish, ¿por qué estás corriendo? Te vas a mojar. I'm like, are you kidding me? Which means. Son, why are you why are you running? You're gonna get wet. You're gonna get wet. I'm like, are you kidding me? I've been looking for you for the last twenty minutes. He goes, oh, I don't get wet. No, 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 no. I'm I'm staying here. I did my hair and I'm staying right here. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh. His family gets. I don't even know why we're talking about these memories, but his, we always lose somebody in his family. Always. That's not true. I wasn't there then, but. We have lost his dad on a cruise. Well, once. stories for other days, but yes, yes. We, we we lose family we'll, members we'll all the time. We'll put a pin in that one and <laughs> tell it again. But we do. You, you guys lose people frequently. It's just Y'all, all your whole family needs to be put on like you know like the leashes? ropes that they have. No, you know like the ropes that they have for the preschoolers when they come out of the room <laughs> and they all <laughs> do. <laughs> Y'all need that. No, because then my dad would sneak off to go get a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah. So let's segue to more serious topics. Okay. Churros. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but uh, so you know, I don't want to get bogged down in talking about coronavirus or everybody's, everybody's talking about. about it. You turn the news: coronavirus, this pandemic, this. We're all gonna die. This zombies are coming next month. Shark birds are gonna be hitting us. You know, between killer murder hornets and all these other things. I don't. We don't want to be talking about coronavirus right now. What I do want to be talking about is this time in general and what we can be doing with it. So I'm sure you're hearing on the news and on all the other places, especially here in the U.S. and like with anywhere in the world that you know unemployment is skyrocketing. And not only is that the fact that unemployment is, is skyrocketing, that people are losing their jobs like for furloughs or temporary losses, but it's the fact that 
a lot of jobs are disappearing, and it's very similar to you know 2008, or very similar to like 1933. I mean, the numbers are getting that close. So people are freaking out. Like they're like, okay, you know what? You know what do I do now? Like what is, you know, what's the plan? So in the last episode, we talked about how the days of having a, a one job are gone, and having a side gig. But today I want to talk about uh, this moment and how to take advantage of this moment. You know, what if looking at this instead of looking at it as, oh my God, you know, this is like the worst time in our lives. You know, we have kids, we have we're taking care of our parents now, we're taking care of our, you know, if you're in that situation where you just take where you are the primary breadwinner now, you're the one taking care of everything, uh, or you're or in your household now, both you know whether it's your significant other, your spouse. Now you're out of work, and now you have kids that are home. You have maybe your in-laws that are staying with you. Whatever it is, you're trying to figure out what the next step is. You know, the way I look at it is, and I've seen this on a lot of you know the way a lot of people have talked about it is that what if now is a time to look at different options? Look at what if now is a time to pivot? Pivot, pivot. What are you? What's wrong with <laughs> it's you? From, it's from Friends when he's like pivot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pivot anymore. Okay. <laughs> People who watch Friends will understand that. One. <laughs> but uh, what if that was the time to pivot? You know, at, now it could be that time. Whether it's maybe you were in a job field that you always felt like you just hated doing that job. You absolutely hated. It. But you know what? It paid. It paid a decent salary. It did all right. But you know, you always wanted to make a change. Maybe doing something a little different, something in a different sector. But you were afraid to make that leap. What if now all of a sudden that job that you had is gone? What can you do now to make that change, to make that that transition? I don't know. What, what do you th- what do you think about that? The ability to basically go from, you know, doing something you're like five, six, seven, maybe even twenty years, and now all of a sudden you're like, okay, now what? Uh, it's scary. I mean, it's not. Well, it's you're going through something like that similar right now. Put my this my business. I'm just kidding. <laughs> have that. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I've recently been out of school for uh, five years, <clears throat> almost five years. This August would be five years, and um, I mean, I love my kids like with all my heart. Th- those are my kids. I mean, I may have not physically birthed them, but I mean, I feel like through all the stuff that we go through, they are my kids, and so that's been the hardest part. And I recently put in my resignation and. That was really hard. Um, I typed up the letter and everything, and then I read it out loud, and I literally could not, like, hold it together because the realization of walking away from the kids that I love was really hard. Um, but I don't I don't love my job. I, I love teaching, but I, don't, I didn't love the organization that I was working at. Um, a lot of things had changed, and not to go into detail, just... A lot of things within the structure had changed, and and now I have something that's way more important to me, which is JJ, and I need to make sure that I'm there for him. And I would just come home so tired, and I had to leave early, and I would barely get to pick him up from daycare. I would barely even drop him off for daycare. So I was literally like spending maybe two hours a day with him, and it just got to the point where I I mean I know this coming school year is going to be completely different because of everything that's going on but I just didn't want like the risk of of not being in his life but was way more important and, and scarier to miss than than having that job 
So I did pivot, <coughs> and <Pivot>. I, <laughs> I don't know. I have applied at other school districts, and um, I know something will come up, and um, that's kind of what I'm doing. It is scary, especially because, like, I mean, thankfully, like, you still have your job, so that helps out a lot. But I'm the type of person that's like, no, I have to have my own income. I have to have my own, make my own life and my own support myself just because that's how my my mom has always raised me. And so I consider it like just like anybody other, anyone else is like, oh crap, like I need to find some more way to support myself even though I have, we have an income. It's just, that's just my mentality. But I can just imagine someone else pivoting and it's scary, but sometimes you just have to take the best um, move for yourself. And, and maybe, maybe if you can't, but maybe add something to a little bit. Maybe, you know, something that you've been wanting to do. Maybe, like, I guess the way I would think about it is like maybe you like to write and, you know, you like to do, um, write you know, writing and write whatever, a newspaper article or, or letters to the editor, whatever it is, um, try to find some time to maybe write something and submit it. And you never know if that can turn into something that you like and you could turn it into an actual full-time position later on down the road. Um, but pivoting is not, is not easy. It's something that when you grow up, you have to realize you have to do Sometimes and you have to because otherwise you're just going to be stuck complaining in an unhappy place and that's where I was and I mean a lot of the teachers around me also are leaving this year and it was a huge wake-up call so I think a lot of people are kind of in that position where I mean I think anyone right now who's home we're all pivoting no matter what we're doing we're all having to either we're all having to work from home. I mean, you and I have pivoted a lot because you're working from home. I'm teaching from home, but we also have JJ. Mm-hmm. And so um, the way that we used to do things is not how we operate mm-hmm. anymore. It's completely different. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I heard today when we were, when we were listening to church is like, um, uh, it's everybody's always looking for the perfect opportunity or the perfect time. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's the perfect time to have a kid, the perfect time to make a move, the perfect time to make a change, the perfect time to learn something new. Maybe it's the perfect time to learn a new, a new language or the perfect time to maybe, uh, you know, pick up a new trade or to start that business you've always wanted to start or to maybe do, you know, kind of sharpen your, your trade, whether it's baking, whether it's sewing, whether it's, you know, selling on an idea that you, that, you know, that can help you. And there's never going to be a perfect time ne- never will be i'm telling you if if you're ever out there saying you know it's my time is now it's gonna happen today it's it, you're you're always gonna be you know waiting for perfection so now i think is a time where the shift needs to happen i think we need to start looking at where there are opportunities looking at maybe you want to learn a new language maybe hey like i remember back in 08 when you know everything you know basically went downhill I had just graduated. I basically was done with, you know, my university. And I said, okay, what am I going to do now? And I remember I was in a dead-end job. Uh, I really, you know, there was really not many options to go from there. And one of the options I took was to go into the military. And I've said this story a few times already. But that move uh, was difficult. Difficult in the fact that it 
was going to take me out of my comfort zone physically because I would have to lose weight. Uh, it was going to take me out of my comfort zone uh, mentally because I was going to have to like now change everything I knew about life, whether it was you know, uh, finding a job or applying or things of that nature. It was basically now focusing 100% on the military. And then it was going to be also taking a hit, uh, like a change, when it came to salary because it was a significant pay reduction from what I was making before. And, you know, it, it was not the best of circumstances. It was basically, you know, people were losing jobs left and right. I was, you know, in my mid-20s and where most people joined the military in the eight, when they were 18 or 19, I was doing it in my mid-20s. So I was definitely getting into the situation a lot older than most people do. So I made a change. I mean, granted, it was a difficult decision. It took me out of my where I lived. But honestly, it it led to a lot of great things. It led to me getting married, you know, this next to, you know, Funkalicious over here. <laughs> it, uh, it led to, you know, the kid that we have. It led to my career path. It led to really me changing my perspective of what work ethic was. Because I honestly did not have work ethic until I made this change. I thought work ethic was just showing up to the job and, hey, I'm here. Even if I was there 10 minutes late or I was there 30 minutes late, I'm here. You know, what's going on? You know, but it was it was really shifting my the, the work ethic. So one of the things I recommend is, I mean, really look at what you, is something you've always wanted to do. You know, I know one thing that, you know, you always want to do, Leslie, is, is you've always wanted to, like, critique books. Yes. You know? And it's, it's not critique books, but more like read books and really talk about the books. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, like, critique in a negative, in a negative way, way, but, like, no, give yeah. my, my opinion, yeah. you know? And it's something that, you know, that it's taken time and you, you're, you're, you're crafting, you know, you're, you're sharpening your craft and you're taking it to the next level. You know, I look at it now, you know, um, I've always wanted to start off a business and, you know, and I, I've been working, you know, to try to start, you know, something on my own. You know, is it something that's going to take off overnight? I'm going to be the next, you know, Bill Gates? No, absolutely not. It's not going to go in that route. But, you know, in, in my current situation, you know, um, I had an opportunity now to pivot, you know, um, especially um, in my current career path. I've been with my I've been with my current employer for about four years now, and I got this great opportunity to change and to pivot. How do you just, like, say that? And then, like, you go, and, like, you never even, like, did something weird. Okay, anyway, continue. Because I am magical in that way. <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, I got an opportunity to really, like, change uh, in what I'm currently doing and do something else. Uh, it's for a, m- a more up-and-coming company. Um, it's really, in a way, betting on myself again. When I took, when I first took this job that I've been at for four years, I basically took a bet on myself. I went into a situation where... Uh, they were starting from scratch. They were building something, and I really had to go in there, not knowing a thing about what that side of the business was, not knowing a thing about de- business development or anything like that, and really try to build something from the ground up. And you know, I, I mean, there was it was a lot of God. It was a lot of a lot of lucky breaks. It was a lot of you know a lot of relying on my team, but it worked out. And, you know, I, I did, I've done it for four years now. And, you know, now it's basically now another opportunity presents, presented itself. And I really sat there and I said, okay, I can... So a lot of people are like, uh, go, stick with the devil you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. But you know what? With any company, if at the end of the day they need to make a profit, this is the first one they're going to get rid of. You. you know, especially if you're making a certain salary, if you're working a certain <clears> way. <throat> if they didn't make up any ground, especially with this 
coronavirus stuff going on, they can fire you at any second. So it was it was a scary moment where I remember uh, sitting with Leslie and I was like, you know, is this the right time to make a jump? Is this the right time to make a shift? And you know what? Again, like I said earlier, is there ever really a right time to do the jump? You know what I'm saying? So it's now basically going to a place that is literally starting from scratch again. Mm-hmm. Now, it's another bet on myself. Do I want to really, you know, is it something that I'm really willing to start over? But you know what? At the same time, the way I look at it is, especially you if you've been doing a job for 10, 15, 20 years, and now you are no longer in the job. Think about the aspects of your job that made you great, whether it was your personality, whether it was the ability that you were able to pick up things quickly, mm-hmm. whether it was your a character. Maybe you had, maybe you were a great person that when somebody was down, you can go in there and you can pick them up. Maybe it was your ability to see a solution where nobody else saw solutions. Think about those things and how can you apply that to a new trade? What, if you're a problem solver, think about there's a bunch of areas right now that need to be the need problem solving, whether it's um, construction, whether it's healthcare, especially in the healthcare field. You know, there's there's people looking to make changes. Maybe you've always wanted to be a nurse or an RN or an LVN. Now is the time. Now they're, they're, they're like changing all the qualifications to get more nurses in. Maybe you were always saying to yourself, you know what? I kind of want to, I've always wanted to move from here and move maybe to another state. Maybe I want to start fresh. You know, see the world. You know, see something different. Maybe you know, maybe not, not see the world as of yet, because you can't really travel out of here. But maybe you want to see another state. Maybe you want to start a career somewhere else. Maybe you say, you know what? I want to move to Florida. I want to move to Texas. I want to move to California. I want to move to New York. You know, Pennsylvania. I want to move somewhere different and try something. You know, try my hand at something new. Why not Idaho? Hey, you want some potatoes? There you go, baby. <laughs> so maybe you maybe you know after this whole thing lifts maybe you're like you know what i want i want to move to south america i want to i want to move to europe i want to i want to i want to take my hand at doing something different maybe i want to travel for a year maybe i just want to do something different you know i think that's great because i mean you know like they always say like what did you do with that dash in between those two dates you know mm-hmm. when you were born and when you're dead and and sometimes like i think like this coronavirus has showed a lot of us you know that I mean, what are we truly spending our time at? Yes, we have to work. Yeah, we have to make a living for ourselves. But like sometimes, I mean, some of us are spending so much time watching TV or watching shows on Netflix and but but that's time sometimes some that's time wasted because you could be using it to to better yourselves and and maybe research that place that you want to move to and start putting things in in order so that you can make that move I mean you can't just pack your bag and get up and go you know if you have a mortgage and and a family and all that stuff you know or but even if you're just single you just can't get up and go you know you have apartment lease or maybe you have a house that you have to sell or rent out um but that's all what time that you could be using to to better prepare yourself maybe you're gonna move want want to move to another country well you know that's time that you can use to maybe study the language and get better so that you're you're somewhat fluent or have an understanding of the language that is spoken on maybe where you want to live i mean it doesn't mean you have to live there for the rest of your life what if you want to go there and live there for a year you know and and just really like add like fullness and richness to your life i mean that's possible you know and sometimes you know you have to break up the monotony you have to break up the things that are mundane in your life just to make it 
exciting. And you may say like, oh, hey, I, I, I can't do that. You know, I have, you know, so many things that tie me down on in the place where I'm living. I'd love to do that. You say it's so easy. But what are aspects that you can add to your life that, that bring you joy, that bring you like happiness? You know, for me, like I can't, I would love to go and, you know, live in Italy because, you know, I love, I love Italy so much. But I can't. I mean, I'm married. I'm happy. And I can't just go up and do that. But what are some things that, that I can do to, like, bring that type of aspect to my life? Oh, well, I could make Italian food. I Like, right now, I took Italian in college. So I'm, like, brushing up on my Italian just because, you know, I'd love for JJ to know somewhat of a different language. And I'm brushing up on that. And I don't know. I just sometimes, like... I read books that are, you know, from, from Italy and just so like I can have something different in life. You know, you kind of have to make your happiness where you're at, whether you're happy or not. Sometimes you just got to fake it till you make it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I saw, uh, uh, there's a movie and I'm not saying we're anywhere near where this movie was at. It's called Finding a Friend for the End of the World. I believe it was with Steve Carell and, um, Keira Knightley. And the whole, the premise of the movie is there's a meteor that's going to hit the earth. There's no way of stopping it. And there, uh, there's a week left of life. So in the movie Steve Carell, even with everything going on, he goes back to work. So it's funny. Like, all this stuff's going nuts. Everybody knows they're going to die. There's no way to stop this thing. They, you know you're going to die in a week, right? Yeah. But he, he still got in his car and went to work. And it wasn't until he sat there. And there's, a, there's a part in the movie where he's like looking around. And he's like, you know, I spent my whole... He didn't experience anything. They didn't get married. They didn't have... He just... He spent his whole life doing the same thing. Like get up, go to work, do his thing. Get up, go to work, do his thing. And then he's sitting there in his office, looking around. Half the office is empty now. But the ones that are left are the ones that were just always going to work. And he's like, is this how I'm going to literally like end what's left of my life? And it, it, it's a funny part of the movie. Like He just goes into, he starts experiencing things, meets Kira Knightley and all that stuff. But not that I'm saying this is the end of the world, but it, this is a major shift that has happened in the world. The question is now, do you want to take advantage of the situation and benef- make, have it benefit you rather than ha- make you a victim of the situation? Yeah, and we're definitely not, you know, if, you know, you've lost somebody to it, you know, we're definitely, you know, our hearts go out to you um, because it is, you know, this yeah, is a pan. Easy. It's yeah. never not easy, and this is a pandemic that everyone is going through. Um, and I know I've seen a lot of things where people are saying this is a pandemic, you know, like, Everyone's saying that we should make ourselves better. That there's no reason why we shouldn't be doing this. But in the end, whenever this is all over, you know, what are you going to have to show for this this time? You know, I mean, we're not talking about a big shift either. Sometimes you may just want to, like I pick up a book, you know, but but definitely try to do something that will help you as a person so that you're not, so you, you are not completely depleted of everything, you know, mm. bring some, you know, joy to your life. Yeah. Sounds good. Anything else you want to add to this? No. Well, before we, we go off, you know, it's story time oh my with gosh. Leslie. He always is this. Storybook corner. Oh, you're, Lord. You're going to be like, what's the name? Winnie the Pooh. What was Winnie the Pooh's uh, a friend's name? Christopher, Christopher Robin. 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 Christopher Robin. Tell us a story, Christopher Robin. So what book are you reading now? And Ugh. tell us a little bit about it. So I've still been stuck in this historical genre. I, I don't know why I can't get out of it. 
But this so you're is reading a shorter Dr. book. Seuss. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so this is a shorter book. It's called um, That Tattooist of Auschwitz. Okay. What's it about? So, I mean, again, it's a true story. Um, it's about a tattooist of the person that actually. Great. So I just got to read the cover. I'm like, Tattooist of Auschwitz. I don't know. No, literally. No. Well, it's. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, it's about the individual that actually put the numbers, that tattooed the numbers of um on the Jews yes of the of the prisoners so like the prison numbers yes wow. it and you know this is a true story and the things that happen in this book like blow my mind like I can't even not, not believe some of the things happen and this guy in here like um he I don't even want to say his name because those people that want to read this book it's so good um but he made when he went there, um, he, I'm trying to think of the word. He said that he was going to come out of that place alive. Like, his will to survive when he went in, like, that was crazy. That just shows that, like, no matter what is going on, no matter your circumstances, and this literally goes with what's going on in the world, that, that no matter what you're going through, I'm not saying that this is anywhere near with the Holocaust because it's definitely not, but it's a struggle that a lot of people, you know, are going through. But he had the will to survive. And um, obviously he survived because his story is being told. But it's just, the stories are heartbreaking. The things that happen are definitely heartbreaking. Um, but... Man, the sheer will to say that, yes, I'm going to live. Yes, I'm going to come out of this to be positive. And, and the result of that positive mindset um, just shows that, you know, what can happen if you're positive. So that's basically what the book is about. Not just about having, it's, it tells the story of like him having, how he came to have the that job. And it also covers... Um, the doctor um, that did all those crazy um, experiments, I think his name was Mendel. Um, I can't say his, like, German name, um, but it talks about how he encountered him, and it's just creepy. Um, but it's a really good book. It's a true story. Um, That's one book I definitely want to read. It is a really good book. It's a quick read. It's only, like, I think 250-something pages, so it's a quick read. Um but that's my book and then um, that I'm reading, and I should finish it up, hopefully by tomorrow. Hmm. Um, but that's what I'm reading, The Tattooist of Auschwitz. 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 I can't nice. say it very well. He, he, no, you got it. You got it. I got it. I got you're, it. You're on point. He keeps correcting me. <laughs> Auschwitz. Take 45. No, I'm just kidding. Literally. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Hold Up How Much. I know I've learned a lot of things today. Have you learned anything new today? I've learned so much. How my brother fell through a crack. How to make sure I don't get lost with his family on a trip. We'll keep a tether on you. But it's important. I'll just keep a positive mindset and maybe we'll all survive our trips. As always, find us on anywhere you stream your podcast, whether it's through Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you download your podcast. Again, check us out on our Instagram page. Check us out on... Are we on the Twitter yet? No, we aren't on the Twitter. No. We should get on the Twitter. Okay. And we could tweet. But yeah, just check it out. Leave us comments. Leave us your concerns. Leave us your wishes. 
your desires, your dreams. There's a subject you want us to talk about um, in finances that maybe you're thinking about or you're confused about. We're not experts, but we Julio knows a lot. I play one on TV. Yes, he, no, you do not. Um, but we as, will do our best. Yeah, but as always, I'm Julio. And I'm Leslie. And this is Hold Up. How much? Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. So wake me up.